All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of the Live Loud Life Podcast. My name is Antonio, your host of the Live Loud Life Podcast. Uh, and today we have Sarah Jane Sandy joining us. Uh, she is a, uh, we'll just kind of encompass it as a fertility expert. Um, but I'm going to, we're, we're going to, we're going to chat and get to know uh, a little bit more about her and her knowledge in this field. Uh, this is not something that we work entirely with. I would say my wife, Dr. Michelle, does more. She has a lot of uh, knowledge and expertise in that. But yet there's kind of this element of when you go above and beyond kind of basic knowledge, we need an expert to help us, especially when so many people are wanting to get pregnant and expand their family. So welcome. Really, Thank you. It's so nice to be here. Well, um, let's just start off. I mean, I've, I've read your bio, so I know, but for the listeners, can you give a little bio, a little bit of your background and how you uh, started uh, in your own journey and then kind of what led you to where you are now? Yeah, definitely. Um, yes. Yeah, so I live in Boulder, Colorado. I have a private uh, nutrition consulting practice with a strong emphasis on, as you just said, uh, working with couples trying to get pregnant, as well as I work really heavily with women trying to sort out their hormone imbalances, whether trying to conceive or not. Many, many women of our modern day have hormones that are a total mess. Um, so I work with a lot of women in that regard. I sort of came to this field during my own hormonal imbalance journey, as most of us um, healing practitioners do. We come to our places of work through our own health journeys. Um, way back in the day, I was in graduate school. Well, I, I had a public relations degree. I went and worked in the corporate world in a big public relations firm in Chicago for a few years and realized that was so not my, my role um, and not fulfilling. And I was really fascinated by food and nutrition and the world of holistic medicine and functional medicine. And so I went back to graduate school to study nutrition therapy. I got my graduate degree. And when I was writing my sort of like big independent study paper upon graduation, um, I decided to choose the subject of how to increase fertility naturally. I was young in my early 20s, not trying to conceive at the time, but was having a lot of hormonal issues in my own body and realized had I been trying to conceive, I would definitely have been struggling. And I just saw in our world that like there is a real situation in terms of infertility, like especially I feel like, you know, I feel like right now the last like few months with this whole like male infertility thing that's like in all of the, you know, big media outlets, it's a big deal. And um, so again, this was, you know, 15 years ago. But I really dove into the research and the studies and tried to understand what is it that affects our reproduct reproductive systems and what can we do uh, through food, through lifestyle modifications, through nutrients, through mind-body healing modalities, et cetera. And um, that really like took me on my journey to starting my own business with a real emphasis on fertility. I worked in Chicago at a big integrative care center for fertility, working alongside reproductive reproductive endocrinologists and reproductive immunologists, you know, so it was really truly like more of the allopathic conventional realm of fertility treatments, um, joined with more of the holistic model, functional model of healing through food and massage and acupuncture and chiropractic care and sort of all of these different modalities. And it's been an amazing journey. Um, I, like I said, I, I work primarily one-on-one -on -one with, with women and couples 
I also developed an online fertility course along the way, primarily just as a way to reach way more people. You know, there's a lot of people out there that maybe don't have the time or the financial resources to work with me every single week for 12 weeks, you know? And so I created a online 12 week course that really walks women and couples through what I consider sort of like the most foundational pieces to get pregnant easily, stay pregnant and have a whole full term, you know, healthy pregnancy, and then really ease that transition into, into parenthood. So here I am. And with that, uh, plug your social handles and your website, because I always am so bad about making sure I ask. Totally. So we could segue. I have these things. This is exactly <laughs> Boom, hit it. Yes. So my website is my full name, sarahjanesandy.com. That's S-A-R-A-H, um, J-A-N-E-S-A-N-D-Y. Um, my fertility code program, it's thefertilitycode.com. And then on Instagram, um, I do, I post a ton on Instagram. Um, my handle is also my full name, Sarah Jane Sandy. And you can also find me on Facebook also, you know, facebook.com backslash Sarah Jane Sandy. Perfect. So let's dive in. What, yeah, yeah obviously you had mentioned some, some, uh, as with most media, this is the mm-hmm. big thing now. This is the big thing now. Um, and and we see fertility issues, and I'm maybe I'm biasly saying this, but I feel like from what we hear from a dialogue perspective, a lot of people assume it's a female issue, mm-hmm. right? Okay. So we'll get into obviously some of those aspects, but what's the new news about male fertility and some of the things that have been popping up lately? Yeah, you know, I mean, one, just like straight out of the gate, the research is very clear that basically a third of fertility issues are based on something going on in the woman's body. A third of fertility issues are based on something going on in the male body. And a third of the issue fertility issues are like, we're not really sure Mm -hmm. (laughs) in terms of sort of this like unexplained realm. Um, So it's very equal in terms of women and men. And yes, in my 15 years of working with clients, 90% are women, you know, very occasionally Will a a partner or a spouse join the conversation and sort of like, you know, I offer a couple consultations. It's hardly ever utilized. Um, And it is, it's it's unfortunate in, in my opinion, that we've sort of like really placed a lot of the burden of fertility issues on the woman. Where really that's just not the, that's totally not like the reality. And, you know, what's, what's been known for many years is that sperm counts are massively on the decline. Like from the 1960s until today, it is a significant decline, like 60% decline in sperm rates, sperm counts. And that information is really coming forefront and center right now. A lot of big media outlets are picking up this story. Um, It's not anything new by any means, this is like totally been well known. But I think that honestly, it's a good thing that there, there is a shifting of more of a spotlight on like, hey, this isn't just like something's wrong with the, the female partner in this, you know, relationship here, there really needs to be an emphasis on the male every time I'm working with a woman, literally the very first initial consultation, um, when we're talking about 
sort of the treatment plan, it's always, if your partner has not yet had a proper semen analysis, get that done. If your husband, partner or, you know, male partner, spouse, whatever, has not had a full blood workup, really looking at nutrient levels, at thyroid health, at hormone levels, this needs to be done. So, and all of the dietary lifestyle supplement recommendations that I'm making for her, I'm always making for him as well, because this is totally a two, two to tango kind of situation here. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's so funny. And this is, I'm I'm just thinking from a society perspective too, like movies and sitcoms and things like that. You always hear is like when the male accidentally gets someone pregnant, they're like, oh my gosh, my boys can swim, right? But like the shock. <laughs> Yet on the other end, it's just like, assume that it, it, like everything would be copacetic and just okay. as it is. Um, so what um, I was, I think, Obviously, outside of we can get super analytical here, blood analysis and hormones and all those things, which would be important. But it's one of those things like without the information, this information is impertinent. So you got to do that, which I think would be yeah. good. But then it's also an understanding of what those things mean. That's why we refer out for hormone stuff to a functional medicine provider because she can check these patterns above any like unlike anything I've ever seen. That being said, um, getting into more of obviously changes lifestyle, right? You had mentioned lifestyle sticking yep. with sticking, obviously with males, but physiologically these lifestyle factors I'm assuming are going to yep. be pretty, pretty across the board for both. What are some of the lifestyle things that you're seeing that may be attributing to the 60% decline of sperm count in males and, or just things that we're seeing now? Yep. I mean, I think first and foremost is toxicity chemical exposure, just like not only environmental, which is huge. I mean, we are exposed to more chemicals, more toxins than like literally ever in history um, today in 2023. So that's huge. I mean, sperm are very, very, very delicate cells, which is why like there's so many, many, many per ejaculation. It's like nature is hoping that literally one makes it to the egg to fertilize, right? Which is just nuts. but they're they're really highly delicate cells and therefore very easily damaged. And so we live in a modern world where just walking outside your house now, um, we're just mass heavily exposed to toxicity. Now, I always say to people, it's not like doomsday. It's just it's more of a reason to really take proactive measures for the things that we can control, i.e., the foods we choose to eat the quality of the water that we choose to drink, the quality of the air inside of our homes that we choose to breathe, the quality of the products that we choose to clean our home, our houses with, or clean our clothes with, you know, put on our bodies. Like we can either increase this chemical load by eating not great food, not organic food, poor quality, conventionally raised, not paying attention to your body care products, your cosmetics, your laundry detergents. Um, or we can, you know, make the opposite decision where we really up-level the quality of food, get an air filter, get a water filter, clean up your home care products, clean up your personal care products. Um, that makes a big, big difference for males for sure. But of course, just as equally, you know, for females and our fertility. Um, so I think that that's a, like a primary driving one, honestly. Um, And then in terms of more male and female is just our 
hormone levels are, we're living in a way that's not super conducive to like the optimal functioning of our hormonal system. We're super stressed. We stay up late. We don't get a lot of sleep. We're like addicted to our devices. We don't get outside. We don't like exercise and clean air with the sun shining on us. We just don't really live in a way that we used to. And yet our like DNA genetics is still pretty much the same as hundreds of years ago. And yet our modern day life and the way that we live looks so drastically different. And it's not really conducive to optimal fertility and optimal reproductive system functioning, unfortunately. I know it's so crazy. I mean, it's, as you know, as a business owner, I have this instant yeah. because this is obviously which you and my wife are meeting up soon and hanging out, and you guys are going yeah. to pass together because I'm like, oh my god, we we just changed this, we just changed this. Not that we need any more kids, we have number four on the way. So um, I heard that. Yeah, well, it, you know. Uh, anyways, not to get into that, but um, this constant just pull is just like while we want to share this information with more people, it's through a medium which we're also saying we need to reduce, and it's this, it's this constant just you know opposing forces which sometimes is a necessary evil, I guess you could say in the sense. But no, I mean, amazing stuff. So uh, lifestyle, hormone function, getting back into, yes, of course, like how are we supposed to leave, live, leave? How are we supposed to live? How do certain parts of your body interact within the environmental factors? And and what you said so beautifully is we can't control certain things, right? And that's the hard part too is the food element, I feel is so challenging, even for you and I who know these things, people who don't. You know, you look at organic prices, but yet even then the criteria for organic and the criteria for certain things that are supposed to be healthy, and yet the marketing and advertising behind it is people are much smarter people than me are getting into thinking certain things are healthy. So when you're looking at dietary stuff, uh, the obvious function would be real foods, right? But when you're looking at organic and different things like that, is there any sort of guidelines you give people as a recommendation for like... This is a tease. Don't fall for these traps or, you know, that type of yeah, stuff. Yeah, totally. Such a great question. Yes, um, I do. You know, this is probably the most common question that I get, especially in today's day and age where it's like, everything is really expensive, way more expensive than it even was a year ago, you know? Um, and so people are like, okay, what truly matters? What really should I be spending my money and my time and my resources on? What really is going to like move the needle here? So first and foremost, I always say that if you eat animal foods, absolutely that is where you should first and foremost put your most time energy resources to source the highest quality that you can find in a fort. Animals accumulate toxicity and, you know, hold on to toxins in their tissue, just like we do as humans, um, much more than plants do. That's just the fact of it. Therefore, if you're eating, you know, any sort of animal foods, but particularly the more fat rich animal foods, which are really healthy for fertility, but also animals and humans, we store toxins in our fat tissue. It's like the the body's way of protecting all the vital organs from damage. It's like, oh my God, just like store toxins in the fat tissue so that we're not, you know, letting those toxins affect the brain and the kidneys and the heart, et cetera. 
So therefore, when we're eating these high fat animal foods, that animals that have been exposed to, you know, genetically modified food and injected with hormones and antibiotics and steroids and all this crazy stuff going on in conventional farming and conventional animal farming, you are there now consuming all of those same um, chemicals and toxins. So that's like first and foremost, if, if you're going to buy anything or if anything that comes from an animal, honestly, is like so important. Um, and then the dirty dozen list, you know, a lot of people have heard about of this. It's the environmental working group puts out a list every year. They call it the dirty dozen, which is basically the 12 most heavily pesticide sprayed fruits and vegetables and grains. So if you can at least try to buy those 12 items organic, you're doing great. Um, they also started adding what they call the clean 15, which are like the least, the 15 least heavily sprayed fruits, veggies, grains, et cetera. So those you can, you know, kind of fudge on and, and buy conventional and it's not going to be that, you know, that much of an issue. Right. Um, so I feel like those are my, you know, my first one and two. And then as you said, like the foundation is eat real food. I always say like, think about your great grandmother, or your great grandfather. Would they have recognized what you were about to put in your mouth? Like if they would not have recognized that as food, literally something that they can like grow, raise, farm, fish, trade with their neighbor down the street. It's not food legitimately. And therefore our body doesn't recognize it as food, doesn't know what to do with it, shuttles it away in our fat tissue, which is, you know, in my opinion, a big reason why we have such an overweight situation going on in, in modern days is because like the body is just like, oh my God, exposed to so much toxicity. It's like just shuttle away in the fat cells, shuttle away in fat cells. And we just don't, you know, we don't clean up the body. We don't detox properly anymore. Um, and so anyways, tangent, but, um, you know, eat real food and like, keep it simple. I'm, I personally, I'm not a big fan of like, you need to weigh this and measure that and count this. Um, I feel like that really just takes away the intuitive nature of eating, right? Like, listen, if we could just listen to our bodies more with an emphasis on like, eat real food, not like, oh, my body really wants like peanut M&Ms all day long. You know, <laughs> obviously that's not helpful, but if we really, um, I feel like the sort of tracking, you know, so fastidiously um, and measuring and counting, it really takes the way, takes away our own intuitive nature of like, what does my body really need right now? I do feel like there are times where counting and tracking is a little bit more necessary during pregnancy. For example, protein needs massively increase. I think that that is a time that it's a good idea to like, keep track of what you're eating for, you know, a few days, a couple of weeks so that we can really get an idea of like, are you hitting your, your protein needs? Because that is a time where you need to be super duper on it. Um, because you're, you're growing your baby literally from the foods that you're consuming. Yeah. I mean, and that's, that's, that's one of the, I guess the toughest parts is so many people, I, I get that same intuition. I think I'm getting enough. Probably not. When in doubt, just totally. um, so I wanted to tangent onto that too. I mean, obviously, yeah. uh, somebody specializes in nutrition and things like that. Your take on uh, supplements? What's your kind of your your, your I'm not saying like top five or anything like that. But when we're talking about yeah. 
obviously case dependent because supplementation is giving what someone is deficient in and what they need. Yep. You're going to see some patterns obviously in society, but take it away. Yeah. So I use supplements a lot in my practice, to be honest. I feel like again, in a perfect world, like we could get all of the nutrients that we need from food, but I mean, one, most people are just not eating a really nutrient dense, rich diet. Most, some people are totally, some people are like nailing it. You know, um, most people are not, that is the majority. Secondly, our soils are just not nutrient as nutrient rich as they used to be. You know, we've had a lot of massive agriculture, um, demise of our soils and therefore we're just not getting that nutritional gain from food like we used to. Um, and you know, when I'm working with people, they're usually coming to me because there's like, there's something going on that they want to fix, whether that's, they're trying to get pregnant or they're trying to, you know, heal their PCOS or they're trying to lose weight or they're trying to fix their insomnia or whatever, but there's usually a problem that they're coming to me for and, and hoping that I can help them with. And so therefore, in my opinion, foundationally, we use food. And then on top of that, using therapeutic, clean, like research-backed supplements. Um, I'm a super stickler for like real deal companies that are testing all ingredients, you know, third-party testing, testing final products, et cetera. Um, but using specific nutrients and supplements can really expedite that healing process hugely, you know? And I feel like for most people, I was just having a conversation with a, a friend of mine this weekend and she said like, okay, if you could like say for pretty much everyone, like top five sort of supplements that almost every single person would benefit from. And I was like, okay, well, you know, and so I quickly like rattled off, I would think omega-3s, vitamin D, magnesium, um, probiotic. What was the other one I said? Um, can't think right of it right now. I had five, but vitamin D, <laughs> omegas, magnesium, a probiotic. Um, I mean, sometimes I really, not sometimes, often I really will use like a, like a legit multivitamin. Honestly, I feel like instead of people like piecemealing a million different things together, a really potent, you know, super clean, um, robust multivitamin can really fill in the gaps of various vitamins, minerals, nutrients, uh, that both macro and micro that people really need. So yeah, I, I do use supplements. Um, but again, as you said, like food is first supplements are not, gonna, the supplements can't fix it. You know, food's got to come first and then, and same with exercise. I always tell clients like particular, something like weight loss. I always say like weight loss is made in, it, it happens in the kitchen first and foremost, mm. hands down exercise for sure can escalate and help and expedite. But as with pretty much everything, it starts with food. Yeah. I mean, it's, I think what's so funny too, and I was thinking about some things this morning, uh, just in my own journey and other things. And I'm not, I'm curious to get kind of your and how you approach it and talk about it, but everybody wants it yesterday. I'm super guilty of that. Right. Same thing with like business growth is just like, Oh my gosh, this or that, or, um, you know, made some changes based on some numbers that I had on my blood test. And, you know, I'm like, oh, I feel like I should be there. I'm like, it's been two weeks. Totally. <laughs> and like things take time, right? And like when you're talking about, and I'm curious, like your approach on this, which is 
And the reason why this came to mind is I had a patient recently. Now she's, I want to say like 20 months postpartum now, and they're wanting a second kiddo, right? Mm -hmm. She started at like four months. We're going to start trying again. We really want to expand our family, right? And we're like, like your body might not be ready. Maybe that's why. You haven't fully replenished. You're still nursing and breastfeeding, right? So all But when people have been dealing with things, which we haven't been there, so I can only, you know, empathize with that. How do you approach like you, these things take time? Like you're, and the response is the body, not necessarily, yeah. you know, time chronological itself. So, what are some yeah. of your, you know, conversations or encouragements to those who might be listening about yeah. the time? Yeah. I mean, well, I think in general, you know, I always, I, I get this a lot. Say we're, say we're not speaking, I'll, I'll touch on the fertility piece in a minute, but say we're not even talking about that and we're talking about just, someone trying to, as you said, like over, you know, whatever it is, lose weight or, you know, they've got crazy high blood pressure or high cholesterol. They want to lose weight or whatever. It's like, think about how many years it took (laughs) to get you to the place that you are. Right. And then we want to make changes and expect a completely different outcome in two weeks. You know, it's so common. That's like our humanness. And I really do just remind people like it took you a long time to get to where you're at. It's not going to take you nearly that long to reverse and and to get you in a much, much better place, but it's time. Like six to 12 months is always, in my opinion, like a, a place where I'm like, it sounds crazy, but I'm like, give yourself six to 12 months to reevaluate in six months, rerun your labs in 12 months, like revisit your, all of your goals. Like where are you at now versus one year ago and the changes and the goals and the like aspirations that you had for your health? Because, you know, and not that it's not a good idea to like check in with yourself much more frequently than that, but to really feel significant shift and change in our life in any regard, we all know, like it's usually a big chunk of time um, until we can truly see changes. Uh, And in turn, you know, I would say this actually, particularly with my couples coming to me for fertility support is the life cycle of the egg and sperm, you know, approximately 90 days, a little less for sperm, but that that's like everything that you're doing, eating, exposed to thinking, et cetera, affects the health of the egg and the sperm in that 90 day period. So truly like it's one that's so empowering because it's like, you can really make like pretty significant shifts and change in terms of the quality of your sperm and the quality of your eggs and the quality of your hormones and quality of your body and your uterine lining, et cetera. Um, But at the same time, it's like, you got to, you got to give it time for the changes to actually take effect. So uh, I want to, I think, I think that was a great answer and piggybacking off of that and maybe wrap this up is kind of like our last talking point is you had mentioned thoughts. And as right before you had said that I had written, wrote, written down i wrote down stress right so how does does stress cortisol levels however you want to describe it right how does that come into play and what what are your recommendations for people who are stressed which is it's like well we know it's a stressful situation right you want to get pregnant it's not happening think there's something wrong with you which there might be an element of that but yet it could be other things what's how does stress and 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 thoughts and things come into play oh i can't believe that like we haven't even talked about this because this is like the the biggie of the biggie honestly in my opinion this is truly like 
so significant and, and really, um, I mean, there's lots of factors I think playing into the reason that we're sort of in this like pretty, pretty extensive, like infertility epidemic, but stress, stress is, is such a key player in this. Um, the adrenals, so the little organs that sit on our back on top of our kidneys, they produce cortisol, as you just said. So cortisol is your, is, is basically our survival hormone. It keeps us alive, literally. Um, but the body also secretes cortisol in response to stress. Back in the day, that was like in response to the stress of like, all of a sudden you're walking along and you see a bear or there's like, you know, a tiger coming into your camp and trying to like get food or whatever, like real stress, right? Now our stresses are, our body is producing cortisol from the minute we wake up to the minute we go to bed. You know, it's like you're working, you've got a family, you're running a business, traffic is bad, your boss is on your nerves, you've got relationship issues with your partner, you know, you're at odds with your family. I mean, you name it. It's like we are just sort of bombarded by stressful thoughts, stressful experiences. Um, and so we, many people are living in bodies where there's this chronic output of cortisol. Well, when it comes to the reproductive system, cortisol essentially, quote unquote, steals the nutrients needed for healthy fertility and healthy reproduction. Um, it really, it can shut down ovulation. It takes away from production of progesterone, which is the hormone that is like critically necessary to support the viability of a newly fertilized egg um, and really, you know, sustain the health and the viability of a pregnancy. I mean, progesterone just can't be overstated. And cortisol, it's like either the body is going to make cortisol or the body is going to make progesterone, one or the other, to be honest. And the body does not deem making babies or reproducing important. Honestly, it's like the reproductive system is like bottom of the barrel, bottom of the totem pole. So if there's anything else going on in the body, like, you know, this constant chronic sort of like sub level stress, the body's like, mm, this isn't the best time to have a baby. Like, you know, we don't really have the resources and the energy to, to one, just take care of ourselves, much less like bring forth new life and support a pregnancy. So the reproductive system is really delicate, very easily affected, very easily turned off. And, and stress is one of the primary factors that can negatively affect the reproductive system. So yeah. what do I do? What do I tell? Oh, yeah. what were you going to say? No, no, no. I was, no go, go ahead. Well, I'll, I'll piggyback off of you. I mean, you know, again, this is a conversation I have with clients literally all day, every day. And it's like, you can't take away the stress. Like, it's just, we, they, we live in a world where we uh, everyone has a lot on their plate. So it's not like stress is magically just going to go away, right? But in my opinion, it's learning tools and tactics to better manage the stress that we're exposed to. So, you know, it, it's like, Meditation, in my opinion, is not just like a buzzword. It's legit. It works. It helps to teach your brain to better negotiate and handle stress when you're out in the world, right? So learning techniques like meditation or just belly breath, like just learning how to breathe into our bellies versus in our chest, which keeps us in that fight or flight nervous system all day long. Um, and then pleasure, you know, truly finding things that you can get lost in that you really and like embody mindfulness where you're just lost in the moment, totally at bliss, like pleasure, 
doing more things that really make you happy um, and not needing to just be busy and doing all the time, but just sort of just like being, just learning how to just be still. Um, and nature. I feel like nature is also something that, you know, I was just like reading a book the other day, like the nature deficit child phenomenon or something where it's like, you know, our children truly are just not exposed to nature anymore. Um, and that's being like outside bare feet on the earth in, in like real living nature is really important for decreasing cortisol levels and like just retraining the nervous system to stay in a steady, calm equilibrium state. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, fortunately our kids so far love getting out and getting dirty. Same, same. I'm like all day, even in these like freezing cold temps, my son's like, bundle me up, put me out there. I'm like, Okay. <laughs> uh, I am curious. So what I was going to ask is, so you had mentioned, right? So stress from a female perspective, like, whoa, you got a lot going on. I'm not going to build another body with this going on. But for males who are obviously designed for a more massive reproduction standpoint, and we're not generating, the, uh, you know, we're not growing the body. Uh, how does how does stress how does the stress stress affect them? Is it more lowering testosterone? Which yes, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So it's less of a like, like you said, you know, shutting down the reproductive system. But definitely, you know, this the research is clear that excessive production of cortisol depletes testosterone and testosterone and nutrients. You know, when we're stressed and we've got a lot of cortisol production, we're peeing out nutrients. Like we're depleting the body of really essential nutrients that feed the reproductive system, feed the production of like healthy sperm and good quality sperm that can swim fast and straightforward and fertilize the egg and penetrate the egg correctly. So male fertility is more affected in that regards. Perfect. I think that's a great place to kind of wrap up and cap. So we're going to put in the information now uh, to kind of keep on with people. So I'm just on your website here. What, for for those that are interested in a want to get in touch with you, but you know, sometimes it's like, ah, you know, I know I got some stuff to work on. Maybe they want to do it on their own and test it, or maybe, you know, just the the investment for what it is right now there. What's best step for someone? Is it just following along with the newsletter? Is I think I apologize because there's so much information notes on my sticky yeah. notes, my notes. Uh, is there like like a kind of a boot camp thing to kind of get started with? What's best step for someone right now? Totally. I would okay, so I'd say my the top, you know, first step. One, you can definitely, um, on my website, I have a, you know, join the SJS community. So definitely sign up for my newsletter. I send out a weekly Q&A email for people who are interested in fertility. I send out a weekly Fertility Friday email. So lots of information there. Um, my blog, I have so much content. I um, love to write content around all of these things that we're talking about. So you can go to my blog and pretty much just get into the search function and search anything that you're looking for and pretty much guarantee you're going to find an article I've written about it. Um, and then third, I do have for people who are interested in fertility in particular, of course, you know, check out my fertility code course. But also I have um, what I think is a really cool uh, download my daily fertility checklist, literally like a print it out, put it on your refrigerator kind of thing. That's like, do this, don't do this every single day sort of thing. Just gradual, easy, super easy to integrate steps. Um, and then I also for 
for people that are not trying to conceive, but are more on the like, I need to get my hormones in check realm. Um, I've got a great ebook that I wrote called Heal Hormonal Chaos that you can download for free on my site too. Awesome. That is perfect. Obviously, that will fulfill uh, anyone's time pretty extensive. Yeah, lots on there. That's awesome. Well, um, this has been awesome. Uh, I mean, I just, I'm sad I didn't bring my actual. Uh, great, great points. This is such great stuff. Um, I, I'm super excited for you and my wife to connect and chat. Y'all are going to be going like, like, just like, yes, that's you. Uh, thank you again so much. Uh, I, uh, I'm going to put all this as much as I can, obviously the notes that I took, but then all those links. So anyone listening right. can find all that stuff and start diving deep into fixing their hormones and fertility. So thanks again. Thank you.